everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Have a Seat, Conversations with Women in the Workplace podcast. I am your host, Deborah. Well, welcome, welcome you to another mini cast. Here we go. We have another solo episode with yours truly, uh, which I have termed mini cast. There are many podcast episodes featuring just me. I know, I know, some of you might be, uh uh-oh, no, not her. (laughs) What happened to her guests? Um, Well, they will be back soon, I promise you. There were just a couple of hot button topics that seem to have floated my way recently that I just selfishly wanted to talk to you about and share and maybe possibly get your feedback and ideas or thoughts on them as well. You know, well, let me back up. If you are new to Have a Seat, if you are new to the Have a Seat community, welcome. You have arrived. My show is primarily an interview style show, true, but occasionally I will hop on the mic like I'm doing today and do a solo episode, which I call mini cast. So this is one of those. So welcome if you're new. And if you aren't, thank you for tuning in yet again for another week. All right. So should we do it? Let's dive in and see what kind of trouble we can get into. Um, This week, I would love to talk to you about the new workplace phenomenon called quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. I know you've heard it. I know you've read about it. And you may even be experiencing it in your workplace, whether you on the down low are actually a quiet quitter or you have coworkers or those you work with who are exhibiting signs of being a quiet quitter. It's real. I, that's just the first thing I want to address right off the bat is I am a believer of it. I think it exists. It's real. It is a trend in our workplace today that is as it has been around a long time. Let me also preface that by saying I feel it has been. I have seen it firsthand as an executive assistant. You know, we tend to ha- be, you know, to ha- tend to have the front row seats to the folks that are killing it, the ones that aren't killing it, the ones that are slacking, the ones that are doing going above and beyond like we see it all sometimes before anyone else does. So this whole I don't know if there's ever just been a phrase to it, though, or like a term. Um, but for the sake of today, uh, quiet quitting has been happening for, you know, a long, long time, honestly. And if I'm being honest with you, I've actually engaged in a little sidebar quiet quitting in my career lifetime. Uh, I've been in administrative support professional for a little over 20 years now, and I will openly admit there have been incidences in my past work life where I have exhibited signs of being a quiet quitter. Um, and it, so it's very real and it sucks, right? It sucks for both ends. It sucks for the people who are left behind or the ones who are, um, witnesses to it, to the individual or group or who, who are exhibiting this or who are actively becoming or have become quiet quitters. But it also sucks for the quiet quitters themselves because my gosh, that's a really, at least in my experience, it's, it can be a very lonely place to live. You know, it's very disheartening and sad and to to be affected in that way by the place you spend 40 plus hours a week at. Um, it's just, I wouldn't wish that on anybody, that feeling of aloneness, of detachment, of disengagement. It's very real. And 
for some of us, we are not the, you know, we are not the, uh, you know, Hollywood version of quitters where we just like throw our desk upside down and, you know, grab that famous stapler. Okay. That's a movie reference. And for those who know, you know, um, and just like throw two birds in the air and walk out and be like, see you bitches. And then head out the door and then, uh, you know, cue the orchestra and, you know, cue the ending credits and all that fun stuff. And people like applaud our bravery. Um, for, <laughs> you know, for many of us, that's not reality. And it's a really tough place to be in. But it is very real. And um, I think, again, it's being called upon or called attention to as a direct result of the incredible pivot everybody took uh, during the pandemic and after. So if you... Since I was there and, 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 you know, everybody has their different experiences, right? And so I don't think it's fair for me or anybody else to come on and say, you're not quiet quitting right, you know, or this is what quiet quitting looks like. And they're like cut and paste and this is how it is. Everyone has a different lived experience and everyone experiences things differently and this is no different. So my take today on quiet quitting is based off of my personal experiences, which are neither wrong nor right. They just are, right? I'm just sharing with you what I went through and some of the advice and guidance that I've read about uh, from experts in the field, from workplace experts on ways to possibly combat that. Now, if I'm honest, the few times that I engaged in quiet quitting, they they didn't always result in me leaving. It most I think one time it actually resulted in me like I've I've got to go. Like this just isn't healthy anymore, not only for me but for my employer as well to have somebody, you know, on their team who is not happy, right? So, I did that kind of as a mercy kill, you know, for them and myself, but in the other times I felt this way, at least the characteristics that I've I've read about what quite quitting encompasses, is I found a way out of it by, for me, getting proactive. I will allow myself to be, you know, Nelly negative for a while and to wallow in self-pity for a while. But for me, there is definitely a due date to that. So I recognized I was having those feelings and I recognized where they were stemming from. But then, and I let myself go through that. I let myself process that. I allowed myself the space and grace to go through that. But also, I told myself, this has a due date, Deborah. You know, you're not going to sit here with a dark cloud over your head for the next six months. You've got to find a way out of it. You know, process it, live it. You have to live through it. You can't just act like it's not happening. But you have to also look ahead. There needs to be a due date. There needs to be an end. And so I took it. There were a few steps I took to help me combat those feelings to help me re-engage, to help me be um, a little, to, to reintroduce the joy and reintroduce the excitement. And I know those are like big words. Um, so, you know, when I say words like that, I mean like take it at 75%, right? Like it's blue, but it's, it's, it's like tempered 75% blue, you know, when you go to paint a room. Uh, probably really bad example, but that was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, so quiet quitting, very real. It's something that needs to be acknowledged. And there's a, a lot of the articles and information I read really was speaking to employers and rightly so, right? How to avoid quiet quitting, things you can do to keep your employees engaged. But I think, which is wonderful, you know, all good advice. Um, 
I am not an employer. I am an employee who experienced quiet quitting myself. And so that is my, that's going to be my take for these next few minutes that I'm going to steal of your time. It's just my impression of quiet quitting, what I went through and how I chose to combat it. And so my hope is that maybe by hearing this, if you are experiencing possibly the same symptoms or going through something similar in your own way, right? We all have different lived experiences. So whatever that looks like for you, maybe a little bit of what I share will hit or land with and, and maybe it will give you some ideas or thoughts about trying to combat it that maybe you didn't think of before. That is truly my only goal with this mini cast episode is to just to share and to maybe help somebody else along the way as I share. So here we go. Again, it's just going to be a few minutes. It's a quick show. If you're washing dishes or walking the dog, hopefully this will wrap up in the time that you're done with your chores. But um, I think one of the main, I'll just focus on one because there's so many um, contributing factors, right, to quiet quitting. But I personally think maybe one of the main Ooh, reasons um, that or 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 triggers that sort of activate this is the lack of the feeling that we don't have enough time, like the lack of boundary setting. Um, like for example, when we feel like we're like a hamster in a wheel right? And we're just running and running and running. And we don't have any dedicated time to actually get off that wheel, build that little hamster tree house, be be proud of what we've done, and then get back on the wheel and move on to the next project. I think sometimes quiet quitting stems from a feeling of I'm getting nowhere. There is no traction here. I am it's almost like quicksand, like anything I grab for to help me get out of it. It's, it just slips through my fingers and I'm right back where I'm start, where I started two steps forward to one step back kind of thing. Like it's just, there's no progression. What am I even doing with my time? You know, I don't have any time to do anything. It just seems like I'm putting out fires left and right. Um, and that's okay for like a season, you know, or we all have those times of years where, you know, hey, they're a little busier than normal, like end of fiscal or end of quarters. Or, you know, I was once upon a time worked for a tax firm. So, you know, gosh, January through April, it was on and popping, right? Everybody it was all hands on deck. And so, you know, yes, there are times when that type of feeling it's unavoidable. It's kind of par for the course because of what's going on seasonally or, or per the calendar, But if you're finding that that never lets up and it just constantly is like that for you, I think that is a danger zone and that's a red flag, which is just one, again, of many, quote, symptoms or triggers to to that lends itself to people quiet quitting when they feel like their time is just not being spent productively there that just it, it and it also means that then if they're not if they're playing catch up all the time then they're not also free to engage and and to you know uh, power hour with their with their colleagues and coworkers and really start to see some uh, action items come to fruition. And that can be very disheartening if you just feel like I'm constantly putting out fires, I'm constantly spinning my wheels, I don't see any progression here. Management or the leaders don't seem to recognize that I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. So the one tool that we have, at least that I feel that we have to maybe help combat this a bit or to at least put up some necessary boundaries is to give yourself 
time and to use your calendar as a way to communicate with yourself and with others that you have actually allocated time to just get into it and work on what you need to work on. I know it sounds very rudimentary and maybe even very like too simplistic, but I've seen firsthand the power that organization on our calendar can do. And I know some of you have heard about like batch scheduling or like batch working and that sort of thing. And I guess I'm kind of talking about that, but I'm also talking about transparency on your calendar. Some organizations actually have like allocated work time, which is fantastic, right? The organization I work for does. Um, Once a week, they allocate a huge chunk of time where it is meeting free and you are welcomed and encouraged to work on your projects during this time. But there are some organizations that don't, um, that don't have that perk or, or offer that as an alternative and or maybe you don't do that yourself, right? But I think, and I've seen firsthand the power that that has and, you, and, and sticking to it, that really helps communicate to others as well as yourself that, look, I'm sorry, unless the building is on fire and you need me to get out, I am to not, to not be disturbed. Or this is my creative time. And again, it doesn't have, or my working time, my focus time. It doesn't have to be this long drawn out, like between 10 and four, don't bother me. You know, it could be as simple as 30 minutes a day. It could be one day a week for like two hour, a two hour block. Whatever makes sense for you and your team and your organization and those you work with, right? You don't, then the the goal isn't to be like, you know, the exact opposite, you know, so standoffish and like off-putting that no one, that you don't work with anybody. The goal is simply to give yourself some breathing room to feel like you are actually moving that needle, right? Um, And if it needs to be longer, four to six hours, fine. If you, whatever it looks like for you to give yourself some space and then communicate that. If you need to communicate that with your direct manager or your direct executive or those on your team, your support, if you have that type of open engagement to communicate that and to say, hey, guys, I'm, you know, for the next couple months, I'm just going to put some time on my calendar to X, Y and Z. And if they're smart and if they are, you know, hip on what's going on out there and they haven't been living under a rock, this type of communication should not be too much of a pearl grabbing, what? What are you talking about? Moment. And if it is, then I think we have some bigger fish to fry. But all in all, whether you're virtual, hybrid, or face-to-face, this can be done. If you feel like the, like you just want to check out and one of the things that is making you feel that way is a lack of time management is just no time management then maybe being being your own ally and your own advocate in this moment will help because when i stepped up and became my own ally and my own advocate when i was feeling that those feelings when i was at my lowest things seemed to turn around for me they turned around for me And yes, utilizing my calendar was one of those. And it doesn't even really have to be something that you feel the need to announce because for introverts like me, you know, A, standing up and saying, hey, you know what? Hey, between one and two, I'm not working. You know, I mean, that could be a tough ask. Sometimes it's just you knowing it, you knowing it. You know what? I'm just going to, I made a promise to myself between eight and nine, it's nothing but, you know, 
catching up on emails and catching up on the previous day's tasks. I'm not even going to focus on this stuff until after nine. You know, just making a quiet little promise to yourself and then keeping that promise. It doesn't have to be anything that anybody else knows if you don't want to, but that really helped me just this little, the little promises or the little bargains I would make to myself just to, if you can at least do this for this month. If you can at least do this for the next two weeks and then that uh, two weeks turned into a month and then a month turned into three and then six and then nine and then it just picked up. It was a habit. And slowly my thoughts and my feelings and that dark cloud I felt like I was living under really... It, it went away. It, it started to dissipate a little bit because what was happening? I was gaining back control because I also think one of the reasons that I was experiencing what I read to be quiet quitting is that I, I, don't, I didn't feel in control. I didn't feel in control of my own time. I didn't feel in control of <laughs> what I was doing. Um, and so I, by doing that little, those little steps, which for me translated to managing my time better through the tool of my calendar, it really helped me stay on track, obviously, but it also gave me those little wins and it bought me back some of that control that seemed to be um, inflicting my feeling, adding to my feelings of wanting to just like quietly quit and not, 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 I just don't want to, I just don't want to work anymore. I just don't want to work here anymore. So therefore, you know what that looks like when people quiet quit again, I've seen it, you know, they disengage, they don't attend meetings as much or they attend and they're just not in the room. Like they're not present. Uh, they don't follow through. They don't answer emails. They don't return, um, calls. They, uh, you, they're, you know, you maybe don't hear from them. You have, but you shoot them a question and it takes them forever to answer you. You know, I mean, there's so many ways people quite quit. I mean, I, I, that would be an entirely different show, right? And again, it looks different for everybody. So there's no like grocery list of this is what, what quiet quitting looks like. And then you have something to compare it to. No, it is a very personal thing and it looks personal. It's, it looks different for everybody. But I guess my goal today was just to maybe offer just something that worked for me. If you are somebody who's experiencing quiet quitting, Maybe there's something, and and maybe and if it's if you feel it is it is in part stemming from a lack of time management, I am just here to remind you of the beauty and power of our calendar and how that can be used to help maybe gain some control back in your day. Again, just a suggestion that doesn't work for everybody, and I am by no means making a blanket statement, but that's just one little tip and trick. If we were sitting down in Starbucks having a cup of coffee and you asked me what were some of the things you did to combat your feelings of, of wanting to quit quietly, that would have been my answer. It was for me in what I was experiencing, in, in for me personally, it was gaining back control of my time through the use of my wonderful calendar tool. I love my calendar. Um, so that was what helped me. And so I'm just here sharing that idea with you. Um, so I hope that helped. I hope that helped a little bit. I know, again, I say quiet quitting in the title and I, I am not a workplace expert. So I'm, I apologize if you're hoping for this like, you know, uh, mind awakening explanation of quiet quitting. And, and for some of you, I'm sure might have seen the title and have been like, ah, oh, Lord, here we go again with this whole quiet quitting phenomenon enough already. Um, and then the last thing I'll say about it is if maybe you have a coworker um, or a colleague who you are, you know, friends with, and when I say friends, I mean like workplace friends, someone you're friendly with, um, more than just the beyond like, hi, how are you? And then go off you go. 
if there's someone that you care about, you know, in the workplace, someone who's become, again, a friend or, or a colleague that you've grown, grown a little closer to, who you feel is exhibiting signs of quiet quitting or has expressed to you, you know, the desire to go, and then you're actually seeing them disengage, if it's appropriate and if it feels right to you and if it's okay, you know, to broach that subject with the individual, I highly encourage you to do so. And again, coming from my experience, if someone had reached out to me, if someone had noticed that I was disengaging, that I was quiet, that I wasn't as talkative, that I didn't stick around, I came in at eight, I left at five, I was out of there. You know, I didn't linger. I didn't do the chitty chat around the water cooler talk. I didn't engage. Honestly, if someone had come up to me and said, hey, what is, do you need something? Can we, do you need to talk? I'm here if you need me. You know, I've noticed just a little change in you and I, you know, no pressure, but if you'd like to talk about anything, I'm here. If anyone would have come to me with something along those lines, some sort of like, I'm here, I'm here for you if you need it, if you need somebody to listen to, vent to, whatever, that would have made a huge difference to me. Just knowing that someone was there to me, for me to go to. Now, I'm a really good, I'm really good at faking that kind of stuff. Like if I'm unhappy, I will, and I think it's the nature of my job as an administrative professional, I am front and center all the time. So I don't really have the luxury to be a gloomy Gus at work. That's just my personal feeling. Um, So even though I was having those feelings, I couldn't really exhibit those because just by the nature of my position, I felt right. But that is not the healthiest way to look at things. So by no means, don't take that as a recommendation. Um, But back then, you know, gosh, a decade ago, that's just how I handled it, right? I didn't know any better. I'm like, that's okay. Just fake it till you make it. Just keep smiling. You know, it'll work itself out. Um, But if I would have maybe expressed something or, or just would have been a bit more expressive, then maybe somebody would, because I did have some good work friends, you know, maybe somebody would have picked up on it and, and approached me about it. And I think it would have made a world of difference if I could have just confided in somebody and talked through some of those feelings. I, as it turns out, I relied on myself, you know, the whole me, myself, and I uh, <laughs> formula for success. Um, so I, I did work it out eventually, but it took a while. And it was tough because you're also, you know, you're your therapist and yourself. So it was a little tough. I would have really appreciated being able to talk to somebody about it. And yes, I highly acknowledge that, well, maybe I should have been the one, you know, why am I asking somebody else to notice this, right? Fair, totally fair. I should have found my brave again in whatever that looked like for me, maybe, you know, through an email or through a phone call, or maybe like as we walked out to the car together after work, you know, I should have expressed it and I wish I would have. So I'm, I'm shaking my finger in my own face as well. Um, and what I've learned is if those feelings should ever come up for me again in my work life, to not for me to not be silent and to share, just to find a trusted confidant at work and to just share and express some of what I've been, what I'm feeling. And um, sometimes just talking it out, the solutions come. You know, sometimes when you verbalize and you start to talk about your experience, again, when you start to communicate what you're feeling, what you're living with, what you're working with, what you're trying to work through, as you are talking, sometimes the light bulb starts to bright, shine a little brighter and you're like, hey, oh, wait a minute. Okay. Um, I think I just solved my problem or I think there's a way out. I don't feel as, as hopeless anymore. 
So anyway, those are just my thoughts on quiet quitting. Like I said, I, I've seen a lot of chatter about it and it's kicked up some things for me. Um, and I wanted to hop on the mic and just share with you some of my thoughts and ideas. And um, I, I, again, I hope I didn't take up too much of your time. And um, I hope maybe I was able to, I don't know, share a little, spread a little, uh, drop a little knowledge, maybe share some tips or maybe my tip about, you know, finding maybe, maybe finding some time management might help with some of that, those feelings. If it, if you feel like, you know, I really don't want to go anywhere, but I'm just not happy anymore kind of vibe. Um, and Hey, if you feel you need to quit, quit, you know, who am I to tell you to stay where you're not happy? That is certainly not what I'm advocating, but if there is any sort of a way out or if you want a way out or you're you know you're not really looking to quit necessarily but you're just not happy either maybe there's some things that you can do to empower yourself to take back some of that control to help get you through what you're feeling right now and back to brighter days and a and a a more positive outlook on where we spend the bulk of our weekdays right doing the work we do so that's it. Thank you guys for listening this week. That concludes uh, this episode of the mini cast. As always, I would love for you to check out the show notes where you will find a link to my website where you will find a large library of shows with fantastic, fierce females doing their thing out there in the workplace, as well as links to all my mini casts, my whole library of, of mini cast shows. Maybe you'll find another topic of interest that you'll uh, wouldn't mind spending a few minutes listening to me ramble on about. But uh, there is also a contact me link and a register to be a guest link so feel free to utilize both of those I would love to hear from you maybe get your thoughts on quiet quitting and what your experience has been with it or register to be a guest and come on the show and let's continue the conversation all right well to before we wrap up you know I like to end the show with a quote and so this week's quote is brought to us by Henry Ward Beecher and it goes like this we should not judge people by their peak of excellence but by the distance they have traveled from the point where they started. I love that. I love that quote. Um, again, you got you may or may not know that I do check. I, I pick these quotes literally at random. Uh, right before I say I like to end the show on a quote, I just grab a quote from my quote picker, and so I never know where they're going to land or if they're even going to tie in. And I think this one did beautifully. Uh, judge others by the the how where they have traveled, where the point they started, and on their travels, not at the peak of their excellence. I, I just think that's so that's so on point uh, from what we what I shared today regarding quiet quitting you know let's not just focus on one let's thing let's focus on maybe what brought us to those feelings and then let's focus on how we can work our way through them all right everybody well thank you once again for tuning in and as always stay safe be well and remember keep having those conversations thanks for listening